a magical MRI machine, a bunch of millennials, and music all make up Zoe's extraordinary playlist. We're going to be diving into all this and so much more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 52. Is, is that the theme I hear? Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Before we dive into the musical mysteries of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, let's talk some nerdy news. News. Legends of Tomorrow has a release date for season six. Katie Lotz, the lead of the weirdest, and I mean that in the best possible way, DC show on CW on her Insta story yesterday reported the season premiere will be May 2nd. I know that's a little way out, but it gives us, um, you know, something to look forward to, and I'm just glad to know when it's coming back. Lucasfilm has confirmed a Mandalorian spinoff series for Ahsoka, the fan-favorite character. They'll also be developing another series for Disney+, and both the Ahsoka and the Rangers series will be set within the Mandalorian timeline. You can catch a link to the article on that in the show notes. Lastly... Nielsen just reported streaming numbers for Wonder Woman 1984, and it was the highest streamed film debut that they know of, of course. (laughs) Nielsen hasn't always tracked streaming. Uh, But apparently, HBO's huge gamble on streaming a major film at the same time it released in theater is paying off. I, for one, was so glad I could watch it in the safety of my home on Christmas Day instead of risking a theater. And apparently, many other people felt the same way. You can check out the Sci-Fi Wire article in the show notes, too. All right, let's get on with the show. I decided to give Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist a second chance when one of my favorite podcasters, Kevin from the Tales of the Black Badge podcast, a Winona Earp fans podcast, uh, I'll leave a link to their show in the show notes, he suggested it to me, and when I watched the pilot months ago, I was not in the right frame of mind, and I didn't give it a second chance. But when Kevin suggested it again recently, I dove in and it sucked me right in this time. The same sort of thing happened to me back with Orphan Black. I had watched the pilot, didn't get into it, and then months later ended up binging the whole first season, and then I was a faithful watcher of it for the remaining seasons. Anywho, if you're not familiar with Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, this NBC series follows a female millennial coder named Zoe Clark, and she works for a San Francisco startup called SparkPoint, and is the team lead for the self-proclaimed programmers. The series begins with Zoe experiencing bad headaches. Zoe's father has a rare degenerative neurological disorder, and Zoe decides to go get an MRI just in case uh, it's an early symptom of something similar to that disease that her father has. While in the MRI machine, an earthquake hits and Zoe gets... Well, for the lack of a better word, zapped. When she comes out, okay, maybe not zapped. Maybe the correct word is that an entire library of music gets downloaded into her brain. But anyway, when she comes out, she has a weird and wonderful new superpower in which she can hear what people are really thinking or feeling in the form of a song. 
Zoe tells Moe, her gender-fluid neighbor, and they decide to call the songs Heart Songs. Zoe realizes that in order to stop hearing that song, she needs to help the person confront or deal with the particular feelings they're having. I love the friendship between Zoe, Zoe and Mo. I almost said Zoe. Um, <laughs> Zoe and Mo, because Mo is constantly trying to help Zoe figure out the rules, if you will, behind this superpower. The series is a good mix of comedy and drama, and it will have you laughing out loud one minute and sobbing the next. You guys, the performance of American Pie in the season one finale is next level. No spoilers, but I burst into tears during that. My only real critique of the series is that it's a bit too formulaic. Uh, you can kind of tell what's going to happen each episode. It sort of breaks from that tradition as it progresses through the remainder of season one and into season two. Season two feels like an entirely different thing, but that's really my only critique. The show is full of charm, it's full of heart and humor, and there are really solid performances. I wouldn't say they necessarily blow me away, but I don't know if they're really meant to. I just, yeah. I love, I more love the ensemble performances than I love the individual ones. But the whole purpose is these little heart songs are supposed to show Zoe what people are feeling, and then she helps them out. Now, listen. I love music, and I love musical numbers, so this series is great for me. Not everybody will love that kind of thing, and I debated including this podcast, uh, or this TV series in this podcast, as it's not really science fiction or fantasy, but the whole idea is fantastical to me. Being zapped by a magical MRI machine and hearing people's thoughts as songs is just enough out there that I wanted to include it, and really... It's my podcast, right? So I can do what I want. In this episode, I wanted to discuss the, the titular character, Zoe Clark. There are some fun side characters like Zoe's mom, Maggie, Zoe's sister-in-law, Emily, and Zoe's boss, Joan. And I'll likely mention them briefly as we go. But I really wanted to focus on Zoe because uh, there's, there's quite a bit to unpack with her. The first thing that you'll likely realize about Zoe is that she is a hot mess. She is ambitious and determined and passionate about her job and about her life and about the people that she cares about, but she is her own worst enemy. Luckily, Joan, her boss, played by the delightful and hilarious Lauren Graham, by the way, from Gilmore Girls. Also, side note, if you haven't listened to her book, Talking As Fast As I Can, you're in for a real treat. It was magnificent. And if you listen to it, and, and this is one of those books that I would suggest listening to over reading, because it's read by Lauren Graham herself. And it's just mm, chef's kiss. Mwah. Anywho, <laughs> where was I? Sorry. Oh, yes. So Joan sees a lot of potential in Zoe and makes her the team lead. But in Zoe's personal life, I think a lot of people could really relate to her in so many ways. She's unsure of herself, she's self-sabotaging, and she's wishy-washy in so many things. If I were any of the men that were after her in season one, I would just walk away. I was trying to think about why Zoe is so relatable, and immediately the character of Winona Earp came to mind. Well-written characters help you see yourself in the character's place and transport you in empathy to that person's 
space and that mindset that they have. Zoe does that well. Nowhere near Winona Earp, in my opinion, but close. And, and I think that's something that the writers do and the, the producers and everyone um, th- that everybody does so well in this series is that you really understand Zoe um, in that you understand feeling like that. Uh, I don't necessarily always understand what her motives are, uh, but you can definitely understand the way that she feels. And it's very relatable. I think we've all uh, experienced difficulty with uh, health issues or we've had tragedies happen in our families or with our friends or whatever it may be. And, uh, and yeah, like Zoe is that relatable character uh, when dealing with that. There were certainly times when watching the, the first two seasons, I mean, I'm caught up for now. I don't know when the second half of the season is coming or even if it is, but uh, there are times when I say, oh, sweetie, stop being so selfish to the TV while watching Zoe. But I think we all have those moments, though, when we believe that our problems are so much more important than everyone else's and we're willing to emotionally run them over, if you will. And I think that that's something that Zoe learns throughout the course of the series. I see her progress so much from season one to season two. She grows quite a bit in a pretty quick period. And one thing that I really appreciate about the character is that we know in season one that she's a hot mess. And we know that she's quirky and weird, and I love that. And as season two comes into play, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers because you guys, if, you, if you're interested in this kind of show, I want you to get caught up on it because it's, it's good. It's good TV. Uh, but in, in season two, you see a lot more of her being really just unsure of what she's supposed to do with her life and how to move forward with her life and all of these different uh, situations that present themselves. And I think that I've been there where I'm not sure what I want to do and who I'm going to be when I grow up. And I think that that's okay. And I appreciate that it's a character who's a little bit older. So she's 29, I believe they said, uh, in season two. And I appreciate that because she's just really unsure of herself. And it's okay to be unsure of yourself no matter what age you are. Uh, I think that one of the most powerful pieces of advice I ever received from my mother uh, as, as one day I asked her, do you ever feel like it's hard to adult? Uh, because sometimes I find it really hard to adult and I am in my mid thirties and I should feel like I know how to do this better. And my mom said, oh dear, of course, even at my age, I still want to maybe just lay in bed for a little bit longer and not do all the things that I need to do that day. And that made me feel so much better because no matter what age you are, it can be hard to adult. And I think that that's maybe why Zoe's so relatable, relatable to me is that in season two, you start to see that she's not entirely sure how to be an adult and she wants to live her life to the fullest and she doesn't want to find that years down the road, she made a bad decision and she doesn't know which direction to go. So overall, like Zoe is just such a great character when it comes to being relatable and uh I mean that's the thing that I just keep coming back to with her is the relatable character now as you see other female characters come into the mix with her so we've got Joan first of all uh, her boss so Joan sees something in her and is willing to be that mentor to her to bring her up the ranks 
And I love that. There's something so wonderful about a strong female character like Joan uh, who sees her and wants to bring her up the ladder with her. And the other really wonderful thing is that they form this friendship. So Zoe hears a heart song from her boss, from Joan. And so she tries to help her with that. And it doesn't necessarily work out the way that she was hoping it would, but she'd gained a great friend in that. And there's a beautiful moment in the beginning of season two where uh, where Joan comes to visit Zoe and she is just deeply compassionate towards her. And that's one thing that I just really loved is that there's such a compassion in friendship between these women. And I love that it's not petty and it's not backstabby or anything like that. And even though Joan is this Im- ambitious and powerful woman, she still sees time to to develop the women that are under her and also some and the men that are under her and everyone and I just I really loved her character I think it's a great uh, a great what's the word a great mix with Zoe I think is the the term that I want to say nice compliment to Zoe so you've got her boss at work so you've got the work life going let's talk about her home life though so she's got her mom but her mom has been dealing with so many things on her own uh, with with Zoe's father's illness and everything. And you just see what a powerhouse the mom is. The mom is not one of my favorite characters, but she is growing on me in season two. I, I will be curious to hear if she is growing on you guys too as you as you watch the series. But uh, I think that the the thing that's tricky with Zoe, and her mom's relationship is that Zoe is oh it just Zoe always wants to fix things. She wants to be the fixer. She wants to be the one who's the good girl who takes care of everything, and she doesn't think about herself necessarily in that situation. The same goes for the mother. The mother is is very uh, she's a very strong and courageous woman, and she cares about everybody else but herself. And there are a few times that you hear heart songs from her throughout the uh throughout the first season and even into the second season and uh I think they're really telling uh about the kind of person that she is and I I love the friendship that she strikes up uh Zoe's mom Maggie I love the friendship that she strikes up with uh Emily's sister in season two so no spoilers but I think you'll kind of love it too it's it's such a great partnership so all right, so we've brought in Joan and also Maggie. So let's talk about Emily a little bit as well with Zoe. So you can kind of tell there's some sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, there's some sort of like friction. It, it Maybe that, yeah, friction's the right word. So there's, there's some sort of friction between Emily and Zoe. And maybe it's just because Emily is pregnant and she's a little bit overwhelmed with everything that's going on. But I love the way that their relationship plays out on the screen in season one and and especially in season two, because Emily sort of becomes this confident confidant for uh for Zoe, and they're both professional women, and uh Emily loves her job, she loves what she does, she loves uh you know being the powerhouse, and she you know she just loves being in there and making deals and and whatnot and Zoe's a lot more timid and so when she needs a little bit more of that 
uh, you know, a little bit more of that female empowerment, that is where Emily comes into play. And I really love the friendship between them. And it really grows throughout the seasons. And I just, I love it. I think that it's great. And I think they did a good job with it because Zoe doesn't have a sister. So Emily can kind of step in and be that sister with her. So I really loved that relationship. At the end of the day, I think that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a must watch if you're into musicals, if you're into shows that are just full of heart and, uh, and, and dare I say heart songs, if you will. I, I love the show. I wasn't sure I would and I, I do. I love it so much. And it got me thinking about, um, you know, this is kind of a side tangent here, but it got me thinking about other sci-fi and fantasy series that have done musical episodes. I think that a lot of really great uh, sci-fi and fantasy series have done these kind of things. One of my favorites is Legends of Tomorrow uh, when they did their Bollywood number episode. It was, I just loved it. It was great fun. Uh, I also, of course, cannot forget about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They did several very well done musical episodes in that series uh, across the course of the series and uh, really, really a lot of fun. I'm trying to think if there were any other that really uh, that really spoke to me. I don't think Supergirl ever did one. There was there was a musical episode in Lost World, the Lost World, uh, the the series that I talked about in my last episode of the podcast, episode fifty one. There have been so many shows I can't. Oh, Xena, Xena. Oh. You cannot forget Xena. Uh, so yeah, Xena, so many great series have done musical episodes. And I wonder what it is about sci-fi and fantasy series that really lends itself to these musical episodes. Maybe because you can take this break from reality and uh, end up professing your love to somebody in a song, or you can um, end up fighting a battle with a song, you know, whatever it may be. I just really love that. I mean, isn't that the whole premise, basically, of Scott Pilgrim versus the world is like, forgive me, it's been a long time since I have seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world. But isn't there some sort of like magical rock band scene? Isn't that how they battle each other is through music? Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, yeah, I think it just sort of lends itself to the sci-fi and fantasy genre. And I would be really interested to hear what your favorite musical episode or musical series is. That'll be our episode question today, gentle listeners. So what is your favorite musical episode from a sci-fi or fantasy series? Or what is your favorite musical series, if you will? I'm sure there are plenty of other musical series beyond Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. But uh, feel free to join the conversation. I'd love to hear your answers. You can tweet them to us at lasers lockets and use the hashtag lasers lockets so that I can see it. Or you can join our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes uh, for that. And uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. I, you know, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is great. And if you're interested in watching it, I found it on the Peacock app on uh, Apple TV, but I'm pretty sure you can find it at lots of other places. I think it's on Hulu as well, the second season. Uh, but yeah, great, great series. All right. 
that definitely brings us to the end of the episode now. I look forward to getting back here in a couple weeks to discuss another series. I am currently reading Ready Player Two, and if you guys are not reading that yet either, that is our Lasers and Lockets book club book for the beginning of this year. I expect we'll probably have that episode towards the end of March. Um, Depends on how quickly I can finish reading it. I've been reading way too many books. You know, in the past few weeks, I've read two books um, that I've been kind of reading for my family book club, but also I read the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. So the sixth book of the Lady Trent memoir series by Marie Brennan, and it's called Turning Darkness into Light. And it was a little slow going at first. And again, I had started it months ago and then gave it up and then came back to it, started from the beginning absolutely devoured the book and I loved it. There were even some quotes that I just had to highlight for myself because I loved them so much. So if you're looking for another interesting book to read, I would definitely check out the Lady Trent memoir series. It starts with a natural history of dragons and I love the way they're written. They're written in a memoir. They're written in journal journal entries, in interviews and things like that. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like an alt world history so it's a a world that's very similar to ours but where dragons still exist and draconians and it's a lot of fun Um, I love escaping into that world and I would encourage you to check it out too anyway side note so I will see you back here in a couple of weeks with another episode of lasers and lockets until then never stop singing whether it's in the shower in your car in your house or in your head (laughs) Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right.